Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, April 10th, 2019, and I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today, as you do every day. I really do appreciate it. And not only do I appreciate you joining me, but I would really like for you to give me a call and ask any investing questions you might have, anything about finances or anything financial. We'll talk about it. Okay, and I do appreciate that now. I certainly believe it. Of course, you know, because you guys shape the show. You drive what is interesting to you. Uh, I can talk about what, what is interesting to me, but that might be boring for you. Hopefully not. I try to make it interesting, you know, but it's all about finances and financial stuff, stuff that I think is important for us all to learn and know and become very familiar with and all in an effort to make us wealthy, at least get us to a place where we, we can do what we want instead of do what we have to do. And I call that financial freedom. We give you financial freedom. Okay? And we do that always by thinking independently and so we all can share in everybody's success. And I take that even a step further. I buy exact same things for myself as I do for my clients. And, and so at the same price, same percentage, I put my money where my mouth is. That's what we do here. And today, I'm going to do my best to get us all to that point. I really am. Every day, we talk about something new, we try to teach something new, and we answer all your questions. So our phone number is live right now, 888-99-CHART, and you can give me a call. So what's coming up on today, our main talking point? Too many baby boomers have committed the seven deadly sins of retirement planning. Well, there's probably more than seven, but we'll talk about seven of them, okay? Uh, what else are we going to talk about? I made, uh, you know, I, I made some interesting notes, I think. Um, ECB, you know that ECB, you know who they are? European Central Bank. They met today, Mario Draghi. I never know how to pronounce his name. I don't really care. Mario Draghi uh, is the uh, chairman of the ECB, and we're going to talk about what they've decided to do. Okay, TD Ameritrade did a study on super savers. How did they do it? Super savers. What's the definition of super savers? That's people who save 20% or more of their income. How did they do that? Maybe give you some hints on how you could save money. And I have decided on a all-electric vehicle that I want to buy. And I'm going to share it with you. It might be a little bit out of my price range. Just a little bit out of my price price range. Oh. <laughs> and I'm being a little facetious there. It has four engines. I'll give you a hint. It has four engines, one for each tire. Anyways, we're, those are things I'm going to discuss today because, you know, I find them interesting. <laughs> when I What I do is I'm a, I'm a massive reader. When I, all day long I read financial stuff. That's all I do. And, uh, well, not all I do, but that's one of the main things I do. And I write and I make notes of the things I think I should share with you in the show. And that's what we did. Also out there, there's a lot of market news today on the economy. 
earnings numbers are now the the the, the uh, earnings season is now upon us. So the earnings are coming in. Job numbers are very good, as we saw last week. More pe people are working in the country now than ever before. Wages are going up. Home sales are increasing. The S&P has had its best start in many, many, many years. Remember, it bottomed at the very end of December. So it started from a very low point and started up. It hasn't made back to its high yet, but it's getting close. So why is all the new? Why is there so much news that's negative? Shouldn't it be more positive? Because most of the headlines, you know, the media buzz seem to be concerned with negative news, and yet the economy remains pretty strong. Now, I can understand that. I can understand it. But it seems to be a bit too negative for me. Now, because it is pretty darn negative, you know, a lot of news is negative, that tells me the stock market is probably not going to crash anytime soon. <laughs> you know, because, you know, whenever, you, it's always on a contrarian kind of attitude. It really is. So if the news is really, really negative or not very positive, even though things are positive, that means not you know everybody who's kind of worried about it is already on the sidelines with their cash, and those people who are not so worried about it are in the market. So there's lots of cash on the sidelines. Cash on the sidelines tends to drive markets up. That's the theory, anyways. Boeing. Boeing didn't sell any. Any of its 737s in March. That's the first time in a long, long time. Zero orders for their MAX 8 jets. And you can understand why that's true because of the two crashes and I'm looking into it and so on and so forth. But it's been seven years since that's happened. The stock was trading as high as $400 and now it's around 366 It was down today. Another percent. So Boeing stock could go even lower before it's all over. You know, we've been talking about it. People have been asking, and I've been saying, let's give it some time. Let's at least wait till the earnings comes out, and I think that's in a couple of weeks. Let's give it some time. Let it settle down. So let's, don't be too excited jumping into it. I do think long-term Boeing will be fine, but don't, don't, you don't have to be in a big rush. Take your time. As you can tell, there's always interesting market news to, and every day. Today, every day, tomorrow, there will be more. And before we go any further, why don't we uh, go ahead and grab a question from our Anytime listener line, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. I uh, found out about your uh, podcast a few weeks ago, and I have been listening every day and find it very, very helpful. And now I have a question that I recently sold a property and had all the cash, but this stock market right now is at a really high point, and I'm just worried it's going to go down at some point very soon. So I don't really want to put the money in there. So do you have any suggestion what I do with this money? Thank you. Well, yeah, if you don't want to invest in the market yet, uh, the best time to invest in the stock market is in the, in the depths of a recession, right? We've talked about that before. Depths of a recession, when everybody's depressed, the stocks have been crushed, that's the best time to invest in the market. Warren Buffett does loves that. Recessions are his favorite time to invest. But what do you do if you're in a late economic cycle and you're concerned, like, like, uh, like the caller is, about maybe the market's overvalued or overpriced and it's time for it? Well, what do you do with that money? Well, of course, you can leave it in money market and you can make pretty minimal numbers, but you might want to consider ultra-short bond funds. 
An ultra short bond fan is pretty, pretty safe. There's nothing, the only thing that's absolute safe is U.S. government bonds. But it's pretty safe because there's lots of diversification. And these bonds are very, very short, so they come due all the time. So you're, you know, there's not a lot of risk involved. And you can get a decent return. And at the same time, it's liquid, an ETF of ultra-short bond fund. And by the way, I do have a short list of those. If people are interested, I'll be happy to send the short list of an ETF list of ultra-short bond funds. You just got to send me an email and ask for it. I'll send it to you. But that's one place you can put it. There's not a lot of places to put it to make any decent money, uh, and you want to be fairly safe with the money. There just isn't. You're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and I've been uh, I've got the save the date time for you. A reminder: I'm going to be in San Jose, San Jose, California, on May 31st. If you live anywhere in Northern California, I encourage you to make plans to sit down with me. And no cost, and we'll take a look look at your portfolio, take a look at your financial situation, and try to help guide you in the right direction. Of course, you know, uh, we'll talk about what we could do, but, you know, that's a secondary thing. That's if you need us. Maybe you don't, but you just want some guidance. Be happy to do that. May 1st, San Jose. Space is limited. So my, t- my appointments do fill up. So please register at investtalk.com. Send me an email. You know, what you do is send me an email and ask me. You want to set up an appointment. I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. In today's market, more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance because it can help you achieve financial freedom. Well, you've come to the right place. Invest Talk. And Steve Peasley is here now taking your calls live. So step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART. Okay, my main talking point today about the baby boomers and uh, their committing sins of retirement planning. Seven of them, actually. And what are they? Well, you know, the biggest sin, the number one is they haven't saved enough or they haven't saved anything. 23% of baby boomers have not saved a dime for retirement, and they never have. Now, the other another 17% did save for retirement, but they spent it all, either in desperation or carelessness, carelessness or whatever. So you add those two together, and you're looking at 40%. 40% of the baby boomers don't have money in retirement. They're going to have to keep working. There's no, no, no doubt about it. And the ones who have, the other 60%, they've never calculated a retirement savings goal. They don't know how much they need to save. They don't, they haven't really made any plans. Very few have anyways. So that, only 25% of them have a financial advisor. So, they don't have anybody helping them. Another one, and I've talked about this, uh, underestimating health costs in retirement. I told you, if you reach age 65, it's going to cost you about $270,000 before you die out-of-pocket health care costs. That means you have Medicare, but they don't pay for everything. So it's $270,000 you're going to need. Now, granted, 
a great deal of that is the last you know weeks of your life where you're in a hospital or whatever and that's where a lot of that cost comes from but still you're going to need some money uh, other things, uh, not retiring, kind of mishandling the retirement date. You know, we talked about, you know, start collecting your Social Security at, eight, at your full retirement age or waiting until age 70 and a half, when you turn age 70 and a half, and how much more money you will get per month by waiting. If you reach age 65, the odds are you're going to reach age 90. That's a lot of years. So you want to maximize your income over those years. And one other thing, one more thing. Uh, too many people out there, and if you're included in this group, you've got to do something about this. When you're reaching retirement or getting older, not setting your affairs in order. That means you don't have a will or a trust or both. You need those things. Make it easier on your family. Something could happen to you, and you need to make it a little bit easier on your family. What's so hard about that? It's not that hard. Doesn't cost that much money. you got to at least have a will. And hopefully, uh, you need to have a medical power of attorney, someone who can make decisions for you if you are incapacitated. You need to assign someone that to do that. Come on, people. Let's all get in order. Let's do this. It's not that hard. It's not. Just kind of do it. Kind of make a little bit of a priority. That's all. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. I do have an email question uh, from um, Scott. And he wanted to know, you know, he's a young investor. And he's considering a couple of ETFs and wanted to know if this is where he should go. Now, these ETFs, one's a dividend player. Uh, you know, th th there's nothing wrong with these two ETFs. One's SPHD. That's an ETF uh, that I'm, uh, on focusing on dividends, and then a mutual fund, VASGX. Now, you know, if you're just starting, you want to get involved with. I would prefer ETFs versus mutual funds, but you got to get involved with them. Because you can't buy individual stocks. Yes, you can buy individual stocks, but it's probably not best because you're not going to be able to diversify because you're just starting and you don't have the money. So the ETF he has with the VA, the mutual fund he had, VASGX, is the Vanguard Life Strategy Growth Fund. And Vanguard is a very good fund family, and there's nothing wrong with this strategy, but you have to be, you have to get involved. You have to start somewhere. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. 888 chart This is Invest Talk. Are you doing everything possible to make sure that your investments are performing as well as they should be? Well, there's a treasure trove of wealth building information freely accessible right now at investtalk.com. You'll find investment strategies and unbiased guidance. The phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's ready for your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to go talk to Art in Newport Beach. How are you doing, Art? Hi, Steve. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, got a question thank about you. Teva Pharmaceutical. Um, I've been holding it since the uh -huh. low 30s, and I've been writing it down um, all the way okay. to where it is now. And... Uh, 
my dilemma is do I sell and get out or and, and if I do, I mean, the, with the market being high, it sounds like I would miss out because I'm going to sell something really low and then buy something high. And, you know, yeah. uh, and I wouldn't I sell it, Ari. Ari, I, I would not sell it. Uh, this is Teva Pharmaceuticals. I wouldn't buy it either, but I, if I owned it, I wouldn't sell it. Uh, th- this is Israel, developer of generic specialty and over-the-county drugs, active pharmaceuticals, and they've had their problems. We know they've had their problems. They fell from, uh, you know, um, I mean, in, in 2015, there was $72 stock. Today, it's at $14.66. Last year, it got up to 25 and the low was 14 well, that's where it is again. It, well, the bottom right in December, and now it's testing that bottom. If it bounces from here, Ari, we, we call it a double bottom on a chart. And bouncing up from a double bottom is pretty strong. Does it have the ability to do that? Well, it's got to turn around its sales, and the sales have been falling pretty consistently. Um, and the earnings are going to be at $2.40 this year. After being two ninety two last year and two dollars and sixty three cents next year, that's what they're estimating. So, the company is trying to do a lot of things to turn itself around. And the one thing that I take a little bit of comfort, in, I would if I were you, is that um, is that uh, Warren Buffett added added this to his portfolio. Okay, I think this is very close to the bottom. And if you sell it today, I think you're you're selling it right at the bottom. Um, when it gets back up to around 20, you can start cutting back $19.20 or to $20, somewhere in that range. You can start cutting back because that's going to be a lot of resistance in there. But I think, you know, it, it, I mean, when you're talking about a stock that based on next year's earnings is going to be a PE of under five, uh, you kind of want to, and it still still has great earnings, and it's still a $15 billion company. It's not small. It's the world's largest generic drug maker. Turn equity is very high at 20%. The bad thing is that they have a lot of debt, and that's one of the things that's hurt them, and they've been trying to get rid of it or cut it back down. I just don't think I would sell it here. I'd bite the bullet, Ari, Ari and just hold on to it till it bounces. That's what I would do. Thank you for the call. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Newport Beach, right down the street from our office, we're in Irvine. We moved from Dana Point to Irvine just recently. So, Newport Beach, we're in, that's Southern California. I'm sure most people know where that is. So, ECB, Mario Draga, ECB met, and they decided to do nothing with their interest rates. Well, well, that's, well their interest rates are negative already. So, what are they going to do? More negative? Remember, the ECB stopped their buying, bond buying program in December. Remember, buying bombs, that's a, a, an effort to ease money, to put money in the system, to try to get it to grow. Well, they stopped buying bonds in December. Now, our central bank, the Fed, stopped several years ago and started raising interest rates where the ECB didn't. They kept, uh, they kept that bond buying program going. They stopped it in December just as their economy started showing weakness. Made very little sense to me, but they also in this meeting this week said that they're going the bonds that they did buy for all those years that they've been buying them, huge amounts. They're not going to let them run off the balance sheet. They're going to continue. They're going to take when they come when those bonds come due. They're going to rebuy more bonds. So keep keeping pressure on easy money. Very dovish. 
because they have to, because the EU doesn't look very good, doesn't look very strong. The economy in the EU does not. EU does not look strong. Our central bank has been letting the bonds roll off. In other words, when they come due, they just they didn't do anything. Buy, they didn't buy any new ones. They may change that attitude, but they haven't so far. So that was that's what the ECB is doing, and they're the EU, European Union, those 20 countries, however many are in the EU, uh, there's parts of that EU are pretty sick looking, including Germany, which is the largest. Now, Mario Draga said that, uh, Draghi or whatever his name is, said that he doesn't think the EU is going to fall in recession. Now, of course, he would say that, wouldn't he? I mean, he doesn't want to, hey, we're going to fall in recession. That wouldn't come out of his mouth. Um, the But, you know, a certain countries in that EU probably will. Germany, 20% of the entire economy of the EU, their, uh, their, their auto exports are really suffering. One of their biggest customers is China. One of Germany's biggest auto industry customer is China. They ship a lot of cars to China. And, of course, that's an issue, right? With us and trade and all that stuff. Tomorrow on Invest Talk, the group of stocks that got, could make or break the market rally. Which group? There is a group of stocks. Small cap stocks are down more than 10% from September highs. But they could soon make a big difference in the broader market. We'll see. We'll talk about it tomorrow, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. You know what my husband and I really want? I mean, after years of working and saving and investing... We want financial freedom. Financial freedom to do and live as we want, without worry. But our old 401k plan? It's out of date. It can't truly be working for us. You're listening to someone who would benefit from a personalized portfolio review. The kind of unbiased advice and sensible investment strategies offered in a no-cost preliminary consultation by KPP Financial. Sure, we feel confident about some of our investment decisions over the years, but retirement will get here someday, and we should cover our bases now. Get a valuable second opinion on your current financial picture. And KPP Financial doesn't impose unnecessary products or services, so you can make informed decisions with your money. At KPP Financial, we offer independent thinking and shared success. Take the next step toward your financial freedom. Contact KPP Financial. KPP Financial. Okay. Learn more anytime at kppfinancial.com. This is Invest Talk. Are you doing everything possible to make sure that your investments are performing as well as they should be? Well, there's a treasure trove of wealth building information freely accessible right now at investtalk.com. You'll find investment strategies and unbiased guidance. The phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's ready for your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hey, how you doing, Steve? Great show. 
Um, uh, thank you. Thank Delta, you for calling. Delta today. DAL. Uh-huh. Why'd you buy it today? What was your in your mind? Uh, listen, uh, I had great earnings this morning. It's number one yes, in IBD. And something you probably don't like, right. it's a breaking out right now with high volume. Uh, it's also doesn't right. have the 737 right. problem. Um, That's right. It looks That's great. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, Delta Airlines, everybody. Like airlines. The symbol's D-A-L. Yeah, I'm not a big yeah. airlines guy. Okay. So you've been a listener for a while. You know that. <laughs> and for everybody oh, yeah. else, oh, why yeah. don't I like airlines? Well, we go way back, Steve. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. Why don't I like airlines? Well, it's not that I hate them or anything. It's just that the planes are very expensive. They have lots of unions. They have, uh, they got, they, they, um, when, a, when a plane takes off and the seats are empty, their inventory is worthless. The inventory, is, the only one they have yeah. really is this empty seats. It's seats. So th- there's a lot of things can get in the way of making money for them. And they're very dependent sure. on oil prices. You know, another thing I don't like. Mm. Now, right. yeah, Delta right. looks really good. I'll give you that, Mark. Delta does look good Thank and you. it doesn't look that expensive. <laughs> Okay, it doesn't look that expensive because, you know, their range of P is 6 to 15 and their current P is right around 10. And their earnings are going to go up 17% this year and then another 8% next year. They're going to make $7.09 next year. So even if their P stays at 10, that means the stock is going to be 70 instead of $57.86. Now, let me tell you why I'm a little concerned. It's right near those tops, right? You said it, it's not a new 52-week high, but it's right close to it, and that generally acts as a uh, as a uh, resistance level, and it's had a really good run from you know the 40s all the way up to 57 already. So I'm worried that you might be a little late into the into the company. Really? That's what I'm worried about. Okay. Yeah, from all a right. technical what kind of debt point level of that's have? just the chart. I didn't check that. Pardon me? What's the debt level? Uh, like? They have they have quite a bit of debt, but all airlines do. Oh. They they okay. it's a it's whether they can handle. It's like um, you ha, you and me having debt. If you have a great salary, you can handle the debt, right? They can handle their right, debt, right. even though they have quite a bit, because they buy those planes and they can't. You know, they're not going to pay cash for those darn planes. They're going to lease them or finance them and whatever. Um, right. So, but they have a free cash flow of nine dollars and eighteen cents. I mean, that's huge, yeah. huge on a on a on a on a the the billions of dollars of sales they do a quarter. I mean, every quarter they do ten million, ten and ten and a half billion dollars in sales. So, they can handle the that's debt. Huge, that's yeah. not really too concerning. All right. Yeah. So it's a okay, uh, for a long term investment. It, um, yeah, I, we'll see who's right. <laughs> okay, Mark. Great. I, I, right. I think long-term, it'll work out fine. I think we might have a pullback here, but we'll see. Maybe not. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Delta, everybody. D-A-L. D-A-L. They have very good earnings and it popped up uh, 1.6% today. Let's go to Vitaly in Atlanta. How you doing, Vitaly? Doing well, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I'm calling today in regards to NGG. Um I know utilities, I believe utilities are good in the late uh, economic cycle, and I currently yes. own it. I want to find out your opinion of it, if you think it's a good stock to own currently, or if uh, I'm trying to figure out what I should add more to it or to sell it off. Okay. 
This NGG National Grid is the name of the company. It's a British company engaged in gas and electric transmission and distribution in the UK and US. Okay, it's going to make $3.90 this year. That's actually down 5% from last year. Then it's going to bounce back up 5% next year. Uh, they pay a 5.7% dividend. This is really the reason why you own it. You own it for the dividend. Because you certainly don't own it for the growth. Most utilities do not have a lot of growth. So it's a matter of trying to buy it at a good price. Um, the dividend, they're going to go ex-dividend, or they did already last year. So I'm trying to figure out where it's going to go next. And I don't have it at my fingertips. Uh, the stock is fairly low priced. Uh, they're going to make $4.11 next year. It's a $54 stock. So you're talking about, what, a 14 PE, and their five-year range is 13 to 21, so it's pretty close to the low. As long as it stays above the 200-day moving average, I would hold on to it, and that's at $53.31. So I'd hold on to it. I were pretty late in the economic cycle. Uh, why did it fall recently from 59 down to 56 in one day? It had to be something there. That's... That was a big, that was like two weeks ago or so. I need to find out why that happened. Uh, it could have been earnings, but I, I want to know. One of the problems is part of this earnings uh, they're getting is from Europe, from from the United Kingdom. And I, you need to know, well, what's their economy doing? You know, I know what our economy is doing pretty well. So we are in the late economic cycle. I think in Europe, they're, they're even later. I think they're moving toward a recessionary pulse in the EU. And how, Meaning, and you know, how some, do utilities go, do in recession? They hold up fairly well, but they won't go up in price. Okay, They're, they won't go. They, they may go down with the market, but they never go down uh, at the same percentage. They go down much less than the overall market usually. What holds them up is that nice dividend, and this one's paying five point seven percent. And I kind of have a side question. Are there uh, sectors that you recommend heading into a recession? Yeah, if you really go, if we are actually going to go into recession, one of the things that you could do that will, will actually make you money is is precious metals, maybe an ETF, gold miners index or something. You know, uh, that will they usually do? They usually go up in a recession. Um, also, what would go up in a recession are actually bonds. Bonds will go up. Why? Because the Federal Reserve or any, you know, ECB, they will start lowering interest rates in a recession, trying to spark the economy. And as the interest rates go down, bond values go up. So you'll get not only the yield, but an increase in the the uh, the uh, value of the bond that you could maybe capitalize on that capital gain when the when the when the recession ends. So you, there are places to hide and try to make money. It's just you know, not a lot of them. So you can try a bond fund also. Okay. Appreciate the call, Fidelity. Thank you. NGG was the symbol, National Grid. There's a, we own a several uh, electric generating companies here, but they're all in the U.S. Um, National Grid is not one of them, I don't think. Don't believe. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. I hope you're making the right choices with the money in your 401k. Candidly speaking, unless you have a lot of time to study the fundamentals and trends and all the things that we do, it's pretty difficult. 
you know, to try to move within the different choices in your 401k, which ones will work at what times. That's difficult, like we just talked about with fatality here. What, what works in the late economic cycle? So, you know, maybe you need help. And if you do, we have a program called Active401k. It's a subscription that we tell you what to buy, what to sell, when to get in and out of what funds. Um, go to investtalk.com if you want to learn more about it. And now I'm taking your questions live. Call at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. If, to any degree, you are unsure about the consistency of your skill set with regard to managing your portfolio, now may be a smart time for you to ask KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein for individualized guidance. You can start with a no-obligation phone call to the KPP Financial Office in Irvine, California, or send Steve and Justin a message through investtalk.com. And be sure to save the date. On Wednesday, May 1st, Steve Peasley will be returning to San Jose, California to sit down with listeners who understand the value of a no-cost portfolio review. So tell your friends and register to meet with Steve on May 1st. The Invest Talk Radio and Podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Any financial question we'll talk about. Okay. I think I have found my uh, electric car. You know, everything moving there, you know. You, you heard me talk about creative destruction. I think that's what we're seeing in the, electric, in the automobile industry. We're seeing the destruction or at least a lot of damage to uh, internal combustion engine and the electric engine cars, electric cars are kind of going to take the, the, that's the future. Okay. And one of the reasons is the future is because they're getting better and better. Right, I mean, they go further on a charge of a battery. The batteries you can charge them faster, uh, and they're starting to look good. So I think I found the car I want. It's called a Batista. A Batista. Have you ever heard of that car? Probably not. They haven't been made yet. They're going to make 150 of them in next year, and only 50 of them will be sold in the United States. And it only costs you two and a half million dollars for an electric car. 1,900 horsepower, $2.5 million, okay, for a Batista. I think that might be a little bit out of my price range. It's a little bit. Anyways, uh, what's happening is, I guarantee you they'll sell every one of these cars out. They're going to make 50 here to be sold in the United States, 50 to be sold in Europe, and 50 to be sold in Asia, 150 cars. Batista, B-A-T-T-I-S-T-A, Batista, Batista. It's Italian. Anyways, the reason why I'm bringing this up, not because I I really, I would like to have that car, I just don't want to spend the money on it, um, is because Porsche earlier, last week, two weeks ago, came out with their next, their pretty fancy car called the Taycan, or T-A-Y-C-A-N. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Uh, that's going to be direct competition to Tesla, and their high-end car. It's going to cost $130,000 per direct competitor for Tesla. Tesla has had the, the playing field to itself for quite some time. They were the first to, first to market. 
and their car is very good. Not saying anything bad about their car. Their finances stink. I think. Uh, I think. I, I think that they're going to be in trouble. They might survive. I, that's very possible. Um, but what I'm pointing out is, competition is coming hot and heavy in the electric car industry and electric car business. You're going to have um, Volkswagen has announced that 50% of their cars in the next five years is going to be electric, all electric. 50% of their production. GM, all the big manufacturers, uh, all of them, I'm talking about Mercedes, anyone you want to name, they're all moving toward more and more electric cars, more and more mainstream. And the more cars they sell, the prices are going to come down, and more that means more customers. Creative destruction is what's going to be my, my class next week is going to be on. Creative destruction. Here's a little, fine, a little small example of creative destruction in the economy, in our economy. Okay, that's what happens in a free economic system. And did you know that that term came from uh, Germany? Creative destruction? Did you know that? And did you know Karl Marx is the first one to, to coin that? He thinks creative, he thought creative destruction would destroy the free economic system. Come to my class. Next Thursday, we'll talk about we'll talk about how to take advantage as an investor, how to take an advantage of creative destruction. Anyway, you should look at that Batista. It's a pretty nice looking car. I don't think it's worth two and a half million dollars. There's four engines, one for each tire. <laughs> I do think that's out of my my leak. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. The market was up today. The Dow was up six. Eked out again. It was down most of the day. The Nasdaq was up 56. 56. And uh, the S&P was up 10. Have you noticed Apple, everybody? Apple is now approaching that trillion dollar mark again. $949 billion in size, market cap. Do you realize that's bigger than most economies of countries in the world? One company. Bigger than most economies in the world. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Anyways, Apple, by the way, is not near its old high, which was around $225, $29, and now it's at $200. So it's got $29 more to get up there. That shouldn't be too hard. It could do it. That's about 10% up. Um, I don't know if it'll do with this cycle, but it could do it. But Amazon, you know, Amazon, what, the next largest? You know, remember now, Apple is $949 billion. Amazon, $907 billion. Put those two companies together, and they're bigger than most first world countries. <laughs> You know, not third world countries, first world countries. Give you some scale. The United States is 20 trillion. Um, China's 14. And a number of countries, Germany and Western Japan, they're around 4 or 5 trillion. Apple's 1 trillion, close to it. And Amazon's close to 1 trillion, all by themselves. Just uh, companies, not countries, companies. This is Talk, and I'm Steve Peasley. And this hour seems to be moving pretty fast like they do every day. And you got about 10 minutes left, everybody. 
Time to give me a call. 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, the group of stocks that could make or break the market rally. Small cap stocks are down more than 10% from their September highs, but they could soon make a big difference in the broader market. That story tomorrow. But now Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's inviting your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Andre from Los Angeles. Been listening to your guys' podcast for several years. I love your podcast. Thanks for what you do. Uh, I had a question about Owens Corning, ticker symbol OC. I've uh, invested in it through naked put options over the years. Um, currently have a position where I'm in the money. Just wanted to hear what you guys think about Owens Corning. Thanks. Bye. Good, solid company. OC is a symbol. A manufacturer's building materials, glass, fiber, reinforcements for industrial, commercial, and consumer products. It's a $5.5 billion company. Not too much debt, has some, but not too much. Return equity is 13%, which is, you know, on the low end of acceptance. I think that's okay. It's growing its sales around 7 to 10%. Earnings uh, be flat this year, but up 15% next year. It's going to make $5.68, and it's a $50 stock, $50.88. So that means it's a 10 PE, a little bit low, lower than that, maybe. Uh, and the five-year range, 8 to 26, so that's good. Um, it's not an exciting stock. They're not going to come out with anything that's going to be great. It's a solid company, and if it paid a nicer dividend, it would be a lot more attractive to me. It only pays 1.7%. It's probably not going to go up very much. It's not going to go down very much. Um, and right now at, at $50, the highest it's ever been was last year at 96. The year before was 92. The lowest last year was 40. The lowest the year before is 50. So as long as the economy is growing, this stock will do fine. It just won't make you a lot of money. OC is the symbol. Owens Corning. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay. TD Ameritrade did a study. Recently, not too long ago. And it did a study on what they considered super savers. And these are people who save 20% of their salary or more. They call those people super savers. And they wanted to study them as to what are they doing to make them super savers. How are they achieving saving that much money? 20% or more of their salary. The number one thing, the number one thing that made that most of the super savers have in common is that they have a low housing cost. How do we know that? Because they spend 14% of their income on housing versus the rest of us who spend 23% on average. That is their number one thing that makes them super savers. Now that leads right into what I would like everybody to do, and that is to spend less than you earn and save the difference. So, these people save a lot less than they earn. I mean, they spend a lot less than they earn, and they save the difference. That was what makes you a super saver. In other words, do you need that really three-bedroom, 2,500-square-foot house, and it's just you and your wife or husband or partner? 
Just you two, no family. Do you really need that science? You know, that's the kind of thing they're talking about. Do you really need to live right on the water? <laughs> you know, I mean, on the ocean or on that big lake or whatever. Can you do with less, spend less on your your uh, your um, your home? If you do that, you have more money to spend on everyday things that give you pleasure. You can go to Starbucks every day if you want to. Okay? So that's, they kind of hinted that that's what a lot of these super savers do. They want to spend more on themselves on the little things. And so they save a big time savings on their housing expenses. That's how they do it. Isn't it? Yeah. Are you a super saver? Okay. Since I just started off the show with the, <coughs> excuse me, with the baby boomers not saving hardly enough, you know, are you one of those? You're in my group. I'm a baby boomer, and we're talking, I'm talking about my generation who are the worst as far as saving money for retirement, at least as a group. Not an individual. There's some of you out there and some of me. And I've done pretty well saving my money. But I'm not a super saver, never been. I don't have that kind of discipline. But I do have enough discipline to spend less than I earn. And that's helped greatly over the years. We're out of time, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program. We do this every day, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. And I want to thank all the loyal listeners. Appreciate that. Appreciate all the calls and questions. Have a great evening, everybody. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.